Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God some praise tonight. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. I know you're like, what is that thing? It's called an air horn, but hey, I figured that you don't have to play harder. You just play smarter, right? Amen? So, I don't, I don't, you know, I played saxophone for years, and I got to look around. I thought, man, I'm going to do something a little bit different. So, hey, I'm going to be glad you, you can play 127 sounds on that, but to God be the glory. How about that? Uh, anybody glad, anybody madly in love with Jesus in this place tonight? Come on, will you one more time, will you clap your hands and let's give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, I said the Lord is worthy to be praised. Man, what honor and a joy it is to be back with you. It's amazing. It's like I've come out of a time capsule, and I, we came from the gravel church and hold this. Wow. <laughs> Last time I was in that revival, that's what it was called. And man, I, I was sharing with Pastor. I said, it's so encouraging to know that when God speaks, you don't even realize how big he speaks. But when he speaks, you move, right? And we move and we believe. Anybody believe in this place tonight? And I'm telling you, I just stand absolutely amazed. You are blessed. And you know what? The Lord said, Terry is coming. This is not the middle. It's not the ending. It's the beginning of the beginning for this place. Come on, amen? I'm going to say that again. I said, if the Lord said, Terry is coming, this is not the ending. It's not even the middle. It's the beginning of the beginning of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. How many of you believe you're just about to step into the favor of God? Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise right now if you believe that. Hallelujah. So I'm going to move right into this tonight. What an honor, what a joy it is to be back with you. It's been quite a few years. I was cutting up with Pastor. He and I, man, we're like brothers. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to tell you all that or not. And I, I can only come here a few times in, in about two or three years because we get in trouble. He gets me down to that Gus's, Blake, Gus's place to not cuss. Gus, <laughs> see, he's got me all messed up. It's called the sweet shop. I gain like 20 pounds when I leave this place. I gained like 20 pounds in 48, 72 hours. But I want to tell you, man, I love and I appreciate so much your pastor, first lady, and their family. How many of you love your pastors? Come on, give God praise for them. I love them. And I, I'm not just saying this, but I'm probably your biggest ambassador. I really am. Because I'm telling everybody, I said, man, if God can do a work with the church and the gravel hole, he can do a work anyway. Amen. So come on, and, I, and come on, that's not an insult. Come on, smile at me, y'all. Hallelujah. So what honor, what a joy is to be with you. I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about tomorrow. Hey, man, pastor's already preached half of my sermon, so I don't know what in the world. I think he looked at my notes or something. I'm just kidding. Now, but it's amazing how we've not talked about any of these things, but I believe that God's got a word for us tonight. And I believe that God is ready to pour out his glory. How many of you believe that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you stand to your feet with me? I'm, I've learned uh, nine years have passed, and I've learned how to just kind of dive in there. So anybody ready to dive in the word of the Lord here tonight? You ready? Um, I know it's going to sound like the typical preacher thing to say, and I'm going to give them a chance to pull it up on the, on the uh, media if they can. I want to look over there to uh, John chapter 4. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures, fair warning, okay? I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. It's John chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading with verse 4. And they're like, if you can't pull it up, I totally understand. I'm just throwing all kinds of stuff at them tonight. And by the way, how many of you appreciate your media ministry and all those that labor among us? It's a job. I, I did media for about seven weeks when we was worshiping God at home, and I found out that's not my calling. Amen. So I appreciate you so much. Let's go to John chapter 4. I know it's going to sound like the typical things that preachers say, but I had something else uh, planned to preach, but God changed me coming over here. So here we go. Y'all ready for this? In John chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, I'm going to read from the New International Version. And the reason why this now, he had to go through. Somebody say he had, he had to go through. He had to go through Samaria. 
So he came to a town in Samaria uh, near the plot ground of Jacob and had given his son Joseph. Let's just keep going. Verse 6, Jacob's well. Somebody say Jacob's well. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, uh, he was tired. Listen to these words. He was tired. I know he was the son of God, but he was the son of man. So, yes, he got tired. He got weary. He got thirsty. He got mad. He got sad. You're like, well, you know, you're putting him down. No, I'm glad that I have a high priest that's been touched with all of what I feel. Are you with it? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to move off of that. But Jesus, he was tired. And as it was from the journey there, he sat down by the well. And it was about noon. High noon. Verse 7, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Keep going, verse 9. So Samaritan woman said to him, said, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And I'm going to deal with this in just a minute. For Jews had no association with the Samaritans. We'll talk about it. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Somebody shout living water. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost coming in here. I do. Verse 11, he said, she said, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. So where are you going to get your living water? And I like this verse 12. So you're greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself. And as did also his sons and the livestock. She asked her a question. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever, somebody shout, that's me. Come on, shout that again, that's me. <laughs> but whoever drinks the water that I give to them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water that I give will become in them, whoo, them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, I give me some of this water so that I won't thirst and have, keep coming here to draw the water. Now it starts getting real. He told her, he said, go call your husband <laughs> and come back. <laughs> she said, I have no husband. She replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands. Boy, it's quiet up in here now. <laughs> you have five husbands, and the man that you're shacking up with, no, that's not what it says. But the man that you now have is not your husband. I'm already feeling more comfortable. And what you have said is just quite true. Now watch this, y'all. All of a sudden, her perspective changed when Jesus started getting all up in her stuff. And she said, she said sir, I can see, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where you must worship in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming. Well, you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but you Samaritans worship what you do not know. Whew. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and now has come. Somebody say, that's our time right now. Come on, how many of you glad? It don't matter. I'm going to get ahead of myself. It don't matter if you're in the mountains or on the beach. It doesn't matter if you're in a tent or in a building. How many of you glad? When you worship him, God shows up. Okay, I got to get off of that. Moving on. All right, so watch this. Worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and the truth. For they are the kind, listen to this, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. For God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and the truth. Verse 25, come on, we're almost done. The woman said, I know that that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, he said, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. 
And then the disciples rejoined Jesus. I think that's neat because it wasn't their appointment. It was her appointment, right? So the disciples rejoined Jesus. And then, then just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But watch this. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you here talking with her? And all of a sudden, then leaving her water, jar the woman went back to the town and said to the people, said, come see a man who told me everything that I did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. I want to preach a message, and I've studied this many, many times, and I'm not trying to keep you standing tonight, but I want to preach a message entitled, Cap the Well. Somebody say, Cap the Well. Come on, I know you've been standing. Will you pray with me? If you got somebody next to you and you feel comfortable, will you reach over there and, let, and grab a hold of their hand? I know we prayed together, but come on. Grab a hold of the hand. Let's come in agreement tonight for this season, for this moment. How many of you believe God has a word for us tonight? Amen? I believe that. And so right now, I want you to open up your mind and tell God, say, God, I may not understand it, but I believe, right? And right now, I want you to, with that person's hand in your hand, if you feel comfortable, why don't you raise those hands toward heaven? It's an act of surrender. And the Bible's in the book of Judges that if by myself, I could put a thousand devil to fight, but then two can put 10,000. Imagine what we can do in this room tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voice with me, church. Right now, Father, we lift our voice, first of all, in adoration and praise to you. And God, I realize that what Psalmist said, that I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I will be faithful to him and I will bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endure forever and his truth is to all generation. So, Father, we have come in this room tonight and we have given you praise. I'm thankful for the praise team. And, God, for these precious people, God, that has filled this room with praise. Now, God, we have filled it with praise and we're depending on you to fill it with your presence. Hallelujah. For, Lord, that's the thing. If we'll fill the house of praise, you'll fill it with your presence. And, God, I'm glad that we don't have to summon you. We don't have to beat ourselves up. You are in this place. Come on, y'all lift your voice. You are in this place, and we recognize that, and we don't discount it, nor do we take you lightly nor for granted. For God, you never show up without there being a purpose and a reason for being here. So God, you're here. We're here. I want you to do something, God, that would just blow our minds tonight. God, we're going to take all limits off of you. We know, we believe that you are Almighty God. And God, I believe you're going to address some things, and we're going to leave out this place, not just but we're going to leave out this place changed through in the, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Will somebody rebuke the devil with me? Come on, will you rebuke the devil with me right now? In the name of Jesus, right now, devil, we bind you and we rebuke you in Jesus' name. Right now, we take dominion and authority of power. We cancel out your assignments. We come against distractions. We come against depression. We come against hopelessness, helplessness. But God, we decree and we declare that you're exalted and you're lifted up in this house tonight. And, Father, for all that's been said and done, we're going to give you praise. We go ahead and make a heavenly deposit with our praise right now. The God, when the lights go off and this service is over, we can truly say better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah, better in your courts than everywhere. God, I was glad that somebody on a Saturday night made it all right for me to come to this room and worship you, Father. We praise you tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want you to turn about three or four people as you're being seated and tell them we're going to cap the well tonight. Come on, tell them that. Come on, say, I don't know what you're going to preach on, but we're going to cap the well. <laughs> Come on, we're going to cap the well tonight. Now, I've heard this preach uh, many, many times, and I have preached this message over and over. But I don't mind telling you, just a few weeks ago, the Lord began to lay this on my heart.
And I'll begin to do some a little more in-depth study. I'm not going to get over your head tonight. That's not what I'm trying to focus in on. But what I did was there's some theologians and historians. Listen to this. And writers, they believe that when Jesus came to the wind, I'm going to give you this story in a minute. But you got to know this before I get going. That when Jesus came to the well, he didn't just sit beside the well. I know the NIV said that. Listen to this, y'all. But they said that he possibly could have sat on top of the well. Somebody say on top of the well. You're like, okay, what does that mean? In other words, there's a term theologians use. And that is that, I'm going to do it. You ready? He capped the well. <laughs> Come on, I'm not just trying to do the twist. He wasn't just standing by the well. He said he capped the well. He was sitting on top of the well. Somebody said, we're going to cap the well tonight. Come on, say that. Yes, we are. All right, so I want to stress that to you. So here's the rest of the story, y'all. It's really a simple message. First of all, one morning, can I just kind of layman term talk to you for a minute? You got to bear with me. I'm ADHD. I used to have the HD, but I've lost that. I got HG now, the Holy Ghost, right? So I, I'm, I'm fighting staying up here. I'm just telling you, I am. I don't know what to do with myself. I want to take off walking or something. They ain't but 38,000 square foot where I can run in this place. I told Pastor Day, I said, you can hide in this place in the valley, whatever find you, right? So I, I told Pastor, I said, don't you leave me in here. I'll call 911. They'll come rescue me. But okay, anyway, but I, I want to share this with you. One morning, here we go. One morning, Jesus got up, and, and the disciples, you know, they were always with him, right? If you read it from the beginning of Mark chapter 1 to the end of Mark, they're always with him. And so, I mean, they literally lived together, basically. Can you imagine? This is a whole other sermon, but I'm going to keep it right here. Can you imagine literally living with Jesus? I mean, you go to sleep, and he's on the other side of the campfire. Can you imagine Jesus wakes up wee hours in the morning? He's going to go talk to the Father. And you wake up and go, Jesus, where are you going? I'm going to pray the light while I'm going with you. So everywhere that Jesus went, they were with him. They was his shadow. And can you imagine that? That's awesome, isn't it? But one morning, here's another story. They're, they're following him. They're living with him. They're, they're going all over the place with him. And one morning, Jesus woke up and said, well, I'm going to lay my term, okay? Not King James preached, but he said, well, but he said, I feel like we need to go to Samaritan today. <laughs> And that they were like, wow, that'll be a great place to go. Can I preach where it sounds any, I don't mean it less sanctimonious, but I'm just trying to give you a mental vision tonight. So all of a sudden, they, he said, we got to go to Samaria today. And I can imagine if the disciples were talking layman term, they would say, Jesus, I think you need to go back to sleep because you ain't had enough sleep. Well, because, think about this. He said, why well, would you say that? Because the disciples knew, and here it is, y'all. The disciples knew that there was a hatred between the Samaritans and the Jews. Remember I mentioned that in the scripture? There's a hatred. I'm not going to get into that. You can do the study later. The reason there was a hatred was there was accusations on both sides. From the Samaritans to the Jews, they all were accusing each other of causing a polyglot. So we're going to leave that right there. So understand there was a hatred. And literally, men, the Jews, they would get up and they would walk 25 miles out of the way to avoid the Samaritan people. Well, all of a sudden, this morning, Jesus was like, I feel the need to go to Samaria. Now, now do you understand why the disciples said, maybe you need some more rest, Jesus? We had a late night of doing evangelistic preaching or something. And I'm, I'm just doing this so you can understand what I'm telling you tonight. And all of a sudden, I can imagine going, no, 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 wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. In other words, they're saying, you want us to go to Samaria? Are you trying to get us killed? But understand, Jesus, when Jesus spoke, they believed. 
So they followed him, and off they went. They went to Samaritan. So all of a sudden, when they got to Samaritan, let's just go with the flow that I'm telling you. Jesus, he, isn't it amazing? He didn't just arrive at the city and go, wow, this is a cool place. He was on a divine appointment. There's a reason why he's there. Boy, there's so much I want to tell you right here. The reason why you're here tonight is not just because this has been a car revival service. You're on divine appointment. I feel like preaching this for just a minute. Listen what's going to happen first. Some of you, Jesus is about to cap some of your wells tonight. I can't stay up here. Can I walk around? I can't stand it. Amen. Woo, I feel loose now. Hallelujah. And Okay, I'm sorry, camera people. Amen. But understand, I'm telling you, he was on divine appointment. So when Jesus got there, just work with my theory. Jesus, he didn't just stand there going, I wonder what's going to happen to the well today. I know he was tired. I know he was thirsty. But all of a sudden, they said he capped the well. He sat on top of the well. Well, all of a sudden, he's sitting there, and what happens? Here comes a Samaritan lady. <laughs> and here's a Jew sitting on their well. Come on, you're talking about war. He done capped her well. What's amazing about this, when Jesus capped the well, there's, there's no way around the divine appointment except you have to go through him first. Is that okay? I'm going slow. I'm learning, Pastor, to slow down. And so understand so that, that there was no other way around it. She had to deal with this, she had to deal with this strange juice tapping on the well sitting on top of a well. So they started having this discussion and, and all of a sudden Jesus began to talk to her and address her. And what I think is amazing about this, and I may mention this, is, is the minute that they got to Samaritan, the, the disciples, they took off and went to town to pick up stuff. So at this moment, it wasn't really about them. It was about this lady. It was her moment for Jesus to count some of the wells in her life. Is this all right? You get this? And so I'm going to just keep working it. So understand, here Jesus, he's done capped the well. Here comes this lady. She walks up. First of all, she's looking like, who is this strange guy in my town capping my well? Sitting on top of the well. How am I supposed to get anything to drink? Well, then you know the rest of the story. Jesus like, hey, you know, give me something to drink. And they begin to talk to each other. And then all of a sudden, she started giving lip service. She started saying, wait a minute, I don't know who you think you are. You know, you're Jew and I'm Samaritan. You ain't even supposed to be here. And here's what I'm going to try to get to tonight is this, that anytime that Jesus shows up on a divine appointment, before you and I, watch this, before we can pull anything from Jesus, how many of you know sometimes he's got to cap some things? Come on, look at his neighbor and tell him, cap the well. Come on, don't, don't punch him out of the seat. <laughs> but sometimes we got to cap the well. I'm going to just dive right into this. So they start having this conversation about this. Well, you know, you're this, and you're a Jew, and I'm Samaritan. And they understand they didn't have to go in that, I hate you and you hate me. They understood that. But watch what happened. I'm going to dig right in this. The first thing that Jesus did was he went over there and he capped the top of the well where they would draw from. So before she could draw any water, basically she had to deal with Jesus. So here's the first thing Jesus did. Jesus capped her restrictions. Somebody say restrictions. And I'm going to tell you something, church. Her restrictions was she was biased. She was racist. There was a, there was, I'm just telling the truth. There was hatred. There was animosity. 
She was basically telling them, you need to stay down there. We're staying up here. Y'all just walk 25 miles and just keep on walking. But not today, Jesus. What did he do? He put a cap on her restrictions. And I'm going to tell you what we have got to do, church. If we're going to draw from this well of living water, Jesus needs to come along and put some caps on our restrictions. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, yeah. So he began to deal with some restrictions and, you know, that it's been there for a long time. And you got to understand something. I'm going to say this right here. You got to understand this. That this stuff didn't just start with this lady. This has been going on with her parents and her grandparents. It passed down. So I'm going to just preach it here tonight. When Jesus capped the well and he dealt with her restriction, he basically was telling her that I can't help what your grandparents talked about. I, come on, I can't help what your parents have been telling you. But I know that I, she didn't even know yet. But he knew what he what was about to happen. Does anybody know God is ready to deal with our restrictions? Once he takes the restrictions off, there's going to be no limits. There'll be no boundaries in what God desires to do within our life. Somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Whoa, is this all right in the night, church? I'm going to move on. Here's a second thing that Jesus capped. He capped her religion. He capped her religion. Why? Because he started feeding them excuses. Well, y'all worship down in the temple, and we worship on this mountain. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, there's going to come a day, and I'm glad that that's today. Come on, somebody shout, that's today. He said, the day is going to come. It doesn't matter if you worship in the temple. It doesn't matter if you worship on the mountain. He said, the day is going to come to where we realize there's going to come an awakening. There's going to come a revelation that the restrictions of religion is going to come off. And we're going to realize that there's a God of the Spirit, that we all must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Can I deal with worship and praise for just a minute? I didn't come to sound crude and uncoot, but I did not come to tickle your ears either. So can I tell the truth here tonight? <laughs> I'm going to do that. I found out something about my praise and worship. You ready? I found out there's something that as much as I love everybody, and I love worshiping in a room like this with a group of people, that I have found something. Even though we are all codependent on everybody, we need to be. We love each other. We depend on each other. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell them I love you and I need you. Come on, tell them that. You better say that to your spouse. Come on, right? I love you. Y'all don't mind if I walk around a little bit, do you? And so understand, we are all dependent on somebody. But I'm telling you, when it comes to my praise and my worship, you know what I found out? I don't have to be dependent on anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what I mean? You know what? Listen to me. Because I can be in my place of praise and worship, whether it's a room like this, I read this by myself. Can I let y'all in on a little secret? I've had some of my best church services by myself. I don't like being by myself, but hey, if I had to have a church service by myself, because when I am by myself, I don't have to worry about judgment of religious people looking down their nose and trying to put their restrictions on me. Oh, hello, somebody. Trying to put their restrictions on me. 
Well, they shouldn't be shouting like that, and they shouldn't be jumping up and down like that. They shouldn't be doing that. But here's what I want to tell you. I'm not trying to cuss you. I'm not a cussing preacher. But understand, when I'm praising God, it didn't matter to me if you jump up, shout, if you do a crucifix. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is that you worship God in spirit and truth. And when you worship him, y'all, it's not about the person on your left or on your right. It's about the one who has redeemed you. Come on, it's the one who has saved you. I let you on the secret right here. As much as you love yourself, you can't save yourself. <laughs> you can't save yourself. So, man, I praise the one in whom he, he has redeemed. I'm going to leave that for another night. But listen what I'll tell you, y'all. When I praise God, it, it doesn't matter to me about who's on my left and who's on my right. I want you to worship God with me. But you know what I found out? I found out that I can worship God when everybody in the room loves me. <laughs> Come on, I can praise God if I'm seated at the table of my adversary. Woo! <laughs> and I look around, and there ain't no food on the table. You know what that means? That means they're going to be eating pasta for lunch. Uh, come on, just say amen, son. I'm not talking to y'all, right? But and you look around, there ain't no food on the table. So you know that the enemy has another alternative motive. But you know what? It really don't matter. When I begin to praise God, man, I can be seated in the seat of my adversary. And I can lift my hands and praise him. Well, because my praise is not about who's around me. It's not even about what I've been through. It's about how faithful he has been to me. Woo! How he's the one that takes the restrictions off of me. And he's the one that has redeemed me. And I, I feel like preaching. How many of you glad we praise him because he said I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's going to sound like a preacher's going to say, but I mean it. I praise him because I can look down to the corridors of the scripture. And I can see how he was Noah's rainbow and Abraham's ram and Isaac's well, Jacob's ladder, Moses' rod, Shamgar's otsko, Gideon's fleece, Samuel's horn of oil, David's sling, Elijah's meta, Elisha's double portion, Ezekiel's vision, Paul's crown of righteousness, Peter's shadow, John the Revelator's king of kings and lord of lords. I can go on and on. He is the lily of the valley he's the bride of morning star he's the rose of Sharon he's Jehovah Jireh that's another night sometimes God is just enough but can I prophesy we're moving into a season where God is going to move from just Jehovah Jireh to El Shaddai oh y'all didn't hear me I said El Shaddai the God who is more than enough somebody give God a shout of praise if you believe that I can see her going on over you. You're like, well, he's my healer. Yes, he is. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my doctor. He's the bomb of Gilead. He's a medicine when they can't find no cure. Woo. Yeah, he's my help, my present help in the time of trouble. When I'm down, he picks me up. When I'm sick, he's my healer. He's the healer in the sick room. I can see her going on. He's my resurrection. He's my life. He's my kinsman. He's my redeemer. He's my soon coming king. That's why I can praise him. Because it don't matter what everybody else thinks. I know what the Bible says. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's going to change my life. He's going to put a cap on things in my life. But he's going to set me free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed anybody free in this place here tonight come on give God about a 10 second shot of praise Woo. I gotta get off this praise thing but can I tell you one more thing <laughs> hey can I borrow you for a minute man he's like oh lord I'm sitting in the back this time 
I just stand right there. Now lift your hands and just start shouting at the top of your lungs, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, he's got it, (laughs) y'all. We're going to get him saved, hallelujah. (laughs) Did I just come out? Yes, I did. Come on, lift your hands. Every time, just go, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep going. Keep going. Y'all ain't too ADD. Y'all can't hear me, right? Let me tell you something. Keep going, brother. (laughs) When you begin to praise him, Psalms said God inhabits the praises of his people. I mean, every hallelujah. You know what God will do? He'll step down from heaven. He'll step down into your home. He'll step down into your situation. He'll step down into your college. He'll step down in your high school. He'll step down in your middle school. He'll step down in your elementary school. He'll step down in the nursing home. He'll step down in the hospital. He'll step down in the behind your seat. Come on, somebody. And guess what he'll do? He'll step down to where you are. He'll lay his hands on you and say, your praise has moved me. I'm going to put a cap on some of your wells, but I'm going to give you water that you'll never thirst again. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Stay right there. Do it again. Keep going. <laughs> He's going to need a bottle of water after this. Come on. Hallelujah. You say, what if I'm in the hospital and they got tubes coming out of me? What if I'm on the ventilator and I, ah, and I can't speak nothing? You know what you can do? You may not can shout like that, but you can whisper the name of Jesus. Come on, you can think the name of Jesus. And he'll show up at your well every step. Come on. He'll step down from heaven. He'll step down. He'll come right down to the hospital. He'll come in the nurse's station. He'll come in the intensive care unit. Guess what? The doctors may have given you up to die. They got a toe tag with your last name on it. But Jesus steps over your bed. He lays his hand on you and said, you will not die, but you will live. Because I am the resurrection and the life. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him. I can know how to praise him. Come on, you got five seconds to give God some crazy praise. Come on. Come on, you still got four seconds. Come on and praise him. Woo. Can I keep preaching a little bit? <laughs> My church gives me three clothes and I'm going to take two tonight. Hallelujah. Man, so what happened? Jesus, he dealt with a heap of a cap on her religious part. So I'm telling you, I ain't going to start calling names. I'll get in trouble. But you know what? It doesn't matter, church, where we come from and what we come out of. It's okay to hold on to that. Come on. You understand what I'm telling you? I'm doing everything that I can without quoting names because I don't want you to think I'm slamming anybody. But it doesn't matter where you came out of. What matters and what we need to know is that God is spirit. And some of us, you know what, I'm going to just say it. I've got nothing to lose tonight. Some of us, God is trying to put a cap on your old past. He's trying to tell you the way you used to do church and the way we do church now. He said, behold, I shall do a new thing. And it shall spring up like an artesian well. Then he asked two questions. He said, shall you not know it and shall you not let it? Somebody say, let it. So Jesus put a cap on her religion. I'm going to move on. Can I keep preaching? Okay, keep, stay with me. Then Jesus put a cap on her relationship. 
I don't want you to sound uncouth here tonight, but listen, some of y'all, God need to put a cap on some of your old relationships. Well, we were raised together. I understand. I'm not saying you got to abandon people. But you know what I found out? Let me just tell you from a minister's standpoint. I found out, and I totally agree. You can say what you want to about Benny Hinn, but he made a powerful statement years ago in the 90s, and I never forgot it. He said that from the time that you're born to the time that you die, if you have two true blue friends, you're a wealthy person. And I tell people at funerals all the time, I'm not trying to get morbid, but man, it is more true. There's three things that really matter when you're mourning and you're lost. Number one, of course, is your faith in God. Come on, right? And your family and then your friends. Somebody just say amen. But I'll tell you, some of us, man, we need to put some caps on our relationships. Well, because people in relationships and friendships, man, how do I get up on this? They're, they're seasonal. They're in your life for a season. That's a great season. Is this making any sense tonight? It's a great season. You can look back and I'm going to just talk about it for a minute. Some of us, maybe you got a BC before Christ. How about that? You're like, no, you ain't going there. Yeah, I'm going there. All of a sudden, you, you, you meet those friends are like, yeah, man, I remember when you, you could drink like a fish and you could run with the best of them. You know, you appreciate them, but yeah, last thing I knew, when you asked the Lord to come into your heart, we are a new creature in a new feature. Come on, the old us died. Anybody glad you're saved here tonight? Come on, is anybody saved in this room? Give God a salvation shout of praise. I'm almost done. So when you really get saved, you don't walk the way you used to walk and talk the way you used to talk. So how are you going to do new things in God and you're hanging out with the relationships where they're always reminding you of how bad you used to be? They're putting restrictions on you. You need to pray for them and pray that God will deliver them and save them. But listen to what I'm telling you. you. I feel like God is speaking to some people here tonight. You're going to always go four, four steps forward and three steps backwards or five steps backwards if we don't take the restrictions off of us and let God do some changing in our life. Some of you, I'm going to say it. Some of you need to let go of the loyalty of your past religion and get a real relationship with Christ. And say, I'm thankful. I can look back. That's a great man of God, woman of God, good church. But you know what? It's behind me. And I don't look back anymore. I pressed him with the prize of the high calling. This in Christ Jesus. I'm going to leave relationships behind because what you need in this new season, y'all, is you don't need somebody always reminding you how high you used to get. Come on, how drunk you used to get. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. I feel this thing. I'm hurrying. But you know who you need in your life right now? You need somebody after Jesus caps the well. <laughs> to look at you and say, it don't matter who and what you used to be, the relationship you have now, they don't see you as an old drunk. They don't see you as a drug dealer and a drug lord. They see you as a man of God, a woman of God, somebody who's going to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover, cast out devils in his name and heal the sick in his name and do great and mighty things. Is that anybody in this room here tonight? So, her problem was Jesus had to put a cap on relationships. He looked at her, he said, woman, I wouldn't call my wife that, Lord Jesus. Sorry, hey, did he, and if you're watching, I'm talking scripture. But Jesus said, woman, he said, bring me your husbands. I ain't got no husband. Can I just lay him and talk? If he was here, he said, that's right. And the guy you with now ain't even your husband, you're shacking up with him.
Something's wrong. Jesus was saying, listen, until you get it right, you're always going to have a cap on your well. And can I just bring you full circle? It's amazing how Jesus could possibly be sitting on this well. And so until she heard him out, she wasn't going to get no water. Can I say to you here tonight, if you want all, how many of you want all that God has for you? Come on, let me see. I'm, I'll talk back, preacher. I want all that God has for me. We cried, oh, God, give me all that you have. Well, he starts talking to us. Well, okay, what about these relationships? Oh, we're going to talk about that. And maybe it's not relationship. Can I just preach for a minute? We come in here, we'll huck and buck. I call it hucking and bucking. We dance and shout and nothing wrong with that. I'll dance, shout with the best of them. We'll speak in tongues, we'll prophesy. That's a whole other night. Some people prophesy, others prophesy, don't they? Some things are, are prophetic, other things are pathetic. Come on, some, okay. Sorry, I'll just throw that out there at you. But listen, I mean, we come in here, we go through the church thing, it's all good. Now, I don't know if y'all got road rage up here or not. It's terrible in Atlanta. So I, I'm just telling y'all, <laughs> I, I, I can see some of that in Pittsburgh. I'm going to leave that right there. But how can we come in the house of God, man, and we say, God, I want all that you have, but we're having anger issues. <laughs> we're having unforgiveness issues. Oh, yeah, we start, okay, God, I love you. But when he starts putting the cap on our anger issues, God, I don't want to talk about it. Somebody addresses you about it. You know, God's moving with you. Well, I can't help it. My dad's got it. My grandparents had it. And it just runs in the family. Don't you think it's time because Jesus is trying to put a cap on it? You draw a line and say, you know what? They may have had it. I may deal with it. But it ain't coming off of my children. My children will be blessed in the morning and blessed in the noonday. Blessed when I wake up and blessed when I lay my head to rest. How many of you believe God wants your children blessed? Somebody give God a shout of praise. Is this okay? Too late, I'm almost done. Jesus dealt with her relationship after Jesus put a cap on her old wells. Some of you need to put a cap on your wells and stop redigging them, man. Let it go. Come on, don't make me start singing Frozen. Let it go. Things don't bother me anymore. When you get to that place, you can always just say, yep, I've let it go. And I realize when there's some things that are more difficult than others, I got that. But I'll tell you, when we finally put a cap on her, we allow them, like she did Jesus, to put a cap on her wheels, symbolically speaking, now she starts tapping into the new well. Can I have a few more minutes? Listen, what happened. Remember what Moses said. God, you have brought us out to take us in. So many times, man, we're so stuck in our past, and we're holding on to things, and holding, I, I got that. Well, because we're comfortable with that, and we dealt with that, and we didn't have to work through it, and, and you know, I'm cool under pressure with it. But let me just remind you that whew, God will never bring you out of something unless he plans on taking you into something else. Come on, I know I'm, I feel like I'm overloading you. You think about it, that whenever you got saved, how many remember when you got saved? We're going to get saved twice, I know, of this weekend. I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. In a little while, but you remember whenever you got saved? Whenever you asked the Lord to come into your heart, you did according to Romans 10. You confessed with your mouth to believe with your heart. Boom, it said that moment Jesus came in and he became Lord of your life. Anybody glad about that? 
Can we buy faithful for his grace and his mercy and his blood? But look, Jesus didn't look at you and say, you know what, under, under one condition. Or you know what, <laughs> I'm going to give you salvation, but you're going to have to wait a couple of days. You know how banks do? Your money will be ready this time tomorrow. You think about what I'm telling you. In the maze that I, it was instantaneous, y'all. Whenever you asked the little come of your heart, it was instantaneous change. And I want to tell some of you, we need to stop operating in the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Come on, somebody say amen. The sp- I didn't just say fear, that's bad enough. But the spirit of fear, the spirit we need is the Holy Spirit, right? He said, but a power of love and of a what? Sound mind. Somebody say a sound mind. I want to tell you, when God brings us out of something, he takes us into something else. I'm glad about that. How about you? So because, I'm going to finish this. Because Jesus put a cap on it. She's now able to tap into the living well. Jesus had to shift her perspective hmm, from a Samaritan thinking to kingdom thinking. Isn't that amazing? That after he put a cap on all her wells, her perspective changed. Wow, I perceive you're a prophet. Is anybody ready for our perspective to change? I was thinking this pastor was sharing it tonight. I feel like I'm overloading you, but let me just say this. You know, and it's not just about positive thinking and all. It's, that's important. But I was thinking, Pastor, as you were talking about, I believe all it takes is one change of perspective. Just one mind change. Come on, somebody say amen. Just one way. Some people, they're in this survival mode. i, I got to stop. You ask them how they're doing. Well, I, go, I think I'm going to make it. <laughs> you ask somebody, well, how you doing? Well, the devil's been on my back. Bless his holy name. And you're like, okay, I'll, you know, once, twice, that's good. But after, I honestly had somebody to do that. Every time I say, hey, how you doing? Well, the devil's on my back. Bless his holy name. And after about three or four times, I said, I hope you have a good day. I stopped asking them. Come on. I'm not trying to sound cool. Enough. I got tired of the same medical report every time. Come on, I'm not trying to sound crude and uncouth tonight. I'm really not. But there has to come a time, y'all, to where we've got to have a change of perspective. And I will tell you, I'm sick. I got that. I realize we go through sickness. I realize we live in an imperfect body. But when is our mindset going to change? And we're going to get out of this woe is me and, oh, I'm the victim mentality. Y'all, we are not victims. We are victorious. Come on, is this all right tonight, church? You know, listen, you're not conquered. You're more than a conqueror. Anybody glad we're conquerors in this place tonight? Watch this. Her whole perspective changed. I love that she said, okay, I, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now she can tap into the kingdom well that will never run dry. She'll never thirst or lack again. She will have the ability to do great things because of Christ. I promise you this is it. Number one, she tapped into freedom from past restrictions. Do you really want to be free? Then let Christ take restrictions off of you. Because you can't, you can't be bound and free at the same time. It's, that's more than just oxymoron. That's the truth, y'all. You Either you're bound or you're free. I didn't forget several years ago, I went through fear and anxiety. I'm not going to get into that story, but it was horrible. Matter of fact, it was right before I started passing. It's been probably 10 years ago. And I, I, was, I was in the middle of, we was having an outbreak of revivals. I was in a 22-week revival of the same church. And I'm riding back down the road, and like a light switch, man, it hit me. And I heard the demonic voice like it was in the back seat of my car. I said, you're done. 
I'm going to paralyze you. You'll never preach again. You'll never travel again. It's over. But is anybody glad it ain't over? The God says it's over. Come on, is it? Yeah. And man, I wrestle with that, but I'll never forget. This is what I'm getting to. I'll never forget what my dad told me. He said, son, he said, you got to fight this thing, man. Here's what he said. Listen to this. He said, you have to be careful that you do not allow things like fear, anxiety, sin, whatever. You cannot allow the enemy to get a foothold in your life. Because if he starts getting a foothold, if he stays long enough, it's going to become a stronghold. I just saved somebody $150 an hour counseling right there. <laughs> you can't allow those things to become a foothold that eventually becomes a stronghold. Well, because you can't be bound and free at the same time. Somebody just say amen. It's not about us. He was Jew or Gentile. Now with God, those restrictions are over. She's free from hatred, racial, cultural separations, animosity. Number two, she tapped into freedom from past repetitiveness. She is free from religiosity. She can worship God in spirit and the truth in a temple through hell itself. Now she has the ability to worship God in freedom. Is anybody glad with the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom? Somebody say freedom. Freedom. She's not stuck in the past traditions, but now she can experience the freedom of worship. I promise this is it. She tapped in the freedom of repentance and relationship. She's free from the sin of adultery and not going to have a real salvation relationship with the Lord Almighty. How many of you glad he wants to have relationship with you? Come on, somebody say amen. She tapped into the freedom of revival. I'm going to turn that off. Somebody say revival. Will you stand to your feet with me? So you, I'll stop. We all, <laughs> that was quick. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. She tapped into revival. Somebody say revival. Thank you. She tapped into revival. You see, what do you mean? See, what we've done for years is we preached about this woman and told her how bad it was. And then, then we leave off the fact that after Jesus tapped her well, and then he gave her fresh and living water. Her perspective changed. Her life began. The Bible says she went by the cemetery and she started telling all the city, come see this man. Come see this stranger. Didn't know me from anybody, but he told me all about myself. How many of you believe God wants to use you to be a revival? Come on in. <laughs> Every time you leave this room every Sunday, not just in the special services called revival, every time you can leave out of here and you become a revival flame, you become a personal testimony. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Me and I'm going to tell on this, Ron. Me and Ron was talking this morning. We was talking about the blind Bartimaeus. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to preach again. But I love that. He screamed, Son of David, have mercy. And, and Jesus stopped from the multitude, turned around there and healed him. He was rejoicing. His friends was in rejoicing. But the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious folks, they were very sad, you see. What were they doing? They were coming up there. How do you know you're healed? Tell me how you know you're healed. How many, I don't know, how many fingers am I holding up? And all that God said, he wasn't full of religion. All he knew was, he said, all I know is I was blind, but I can see. <laughs> I'm trying to stop, Pastor. Listen to me, it ain't time to try to figure it all out. It's time to just believe it. 
Believe that God is real. Believe the Holy Ghost is real. Come on, somebody. Believe what Jesus said in John 14, 12 through 14. Jesus said, I've done great things, but greater. Somebody shout greater. I got to stop. Come on, y'all. Lift your hands on. Let's just worship him right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, right now. Just tell God. Say, God, I believe. That's the theme of this service tonight. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice and tell God, God, I'm not going to try to figure it all out. I can't. And I'm not just trying to preach what we talked about, Ron, but this is in my spirit, brother. Come on, right now, just lift your hands. It's an act of surrenders. When you lift your hands, it means two things. It means surrenders or it represents victory. So now we got both of them covered. Father, we lift our hands tonight. Come on, right now, I want you to ask God, uh, I can't hear what you're praying. And even if I did it, it's, I don't mean this ugly, it's none of my business. But right now, I want you to ask Jesus, say, Jesus, will you come and count my wells? Some of you need to put a cap on your anger. Some of you have been through abuse. I know I've been there. Some of you had false promises. Some of you had some horrible things that's been spoken over you. But Jesus is ready to put a cap on it. And he's about to give you fresh and living water that you'll never thirst again. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that you're going to fulfill every thirst in this room. Come on, y'all pray with me. God, that we're not going to go around longing and desire and feel like we're missing out on something. God, you said that you will not only supply our needs, but you said you will meet our desire, Psalms 37. Hallelujah. With your hands raised, can I call your people to repentance, Pastor? Is that okay? Everybody pray this out loud with me. I don't know if we're a, a, a live Facebook. I'm not sure. If you're YouTubing, come on. We, we know that you're there. We, I know you can't respond. You can do thumbs up. I do know that. So right now, stop what you're doing, everybody, but lift your hands in this room. And I want you to pray their sinners. Pray after me. This is your time that Jesus is about to put a cap on your sins. He's about to introduce you to living water that you never dreamed about. Come on, everybody, shout Jesus. Come on, shout it like it's your first time, Jesus. That's right, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me with your power. Jesus, I know that you died for me. You rose from the grave for me. You're coming back for me. I'm not going to try to figure out how you did it. But I know that you did it. And you did it just for me. And because of that, I repent of all of my sins. I confess to you that I'm no better than this woman at the well. Come on, y'all, tell us, say, put a cap on my sins. Put a cap on my past. And give me living water that I'll never long again for anything else. Come on, say, Jesus, I denounce the world Come on, sin and the devil. And I confess that Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You are my everything. I can do all things with you, but I can't do nothing without you. Be the Lord of my life. And I believe. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give God a celebration. We're not done. Come on, give Jesus. him the best praise you've given him all night. Come on, be like the Samaritan woman. Come and see. You're going to leave out of here telling your friends, come and see. I can't explain it, but come and see. 
Right now, I'm going to just ask you this. I know this is round two altar call. I'm going to ask you tonight. If three people comes, that's who we're going to pray for. I'm not here to manipulate you. If I manipulated you and try to get you to do something you didn't want to do, it wouldn't work anyway. It's like trying to cast the devil out of somebody who don't want to be delivered. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you say, Joel, I'm ready for Jesus to count my well. There's some stuff I just need to give to him. He needs to close the well. And right now, and I'm ready for him to open up a, a well of living water. And this time, listen to me, y'all. This time when he opens up the well, you need to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to fill it in with the sand of this world anymore. I'm not going to close it up. I'm not going to dam it up. I'm going to let the river flow. <laughs> Come on, if that's you right now, will you step out from where you are and you say, Joel, there's some stuff I really need to give to God tonight. Come on, will you come right now? Just come stand shoulder to shoulder across this front. Come on, right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I, we're not going to manipulate you. I know what time it is. I know it's getting late. I understand we got to be here in a few hours. <laughs> come on, right now in the name of the Lord. You say, Joel, there's some stuff I need to give to God. Maybe there's some anger. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Come on, maybe you've been through an abusive situation. I don't know. But right now, come on, we've all dealing with stuff. It, this really can hit all of us tonight. But I really feel like this is a divine appointed moment for somebody in this room. Right now, if you'll just step out. We don't need to know all the history. We don't, we're not going to write down all the past and do a database on you, okay? Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, we're just going to surrender this thing to God. And hey, this is a moment he's going to put a cap on your well. But isn't it amazing how when he caps it, he's not going to leave it cap. He's going to open up a new and fresh and living water for you. But you'll never have to long for anything. Come on, I still, people, I, I still see people coming, so I'm going to wait a few more seconds. Come on. I told somebody, I said, it's amazing how you got people in the world that got all the money in the world. They can buy yachts, they can buy planes. Money's no issue, and I, I congratulate them when it's done right. But I've seen people who, they, they're all vogue, you know what I'm saying? They be vogue on the outside, but they're vague on the inside. They got everything to live with, but nothing to live for. And that's why they're committing suicide. There's some of you here tonight, you got a void. You've been trying to fill the void with other stuff. It ain't going to work. Come to Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. He's going to give you a well. That'll never, I feel like I need to wait about 50 more seconds. I usually don't prolong, but come on right now. Right now, anybody else in this room, come on. In Jesus' name, you take the first step. Come on, you take the first step and he'll meet you down here. I promise you. He's sitting on your well waiting on you right now. Right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, prayer team. We're going to pray again. Will you lift your hands all across this front? Hey, if you're in the chairs, you can be seated if you like. I just need you praying with me. Will somebody stretch your hands this way? And if you want to come, come on. The altar's open. You're like, well, Joe, I'm good, but I've got needs in my life. I'm going to say from A to Z. How about that? If you got anything going on in your life right now from A to Z, just step out from where you are. It may be about your kids. It may be about your family, your finances, your health, your home, your marriage, your ministry. Man, the list could be endless. Come on. Right now, there's like, I just, I need a fresh touch. I need a well of living water. I need some hope or something. Come on, right now, just lift your hands all across this place. And whatever y'all feel like doing, it'll be great. Come on, right now, I'm going to start right here. Y'all come on, prayer team, and let's get behind them. Let's pray together. Will you, will you start out by stretching your hand over this way, saints? Will you do that? Come on, and begin to pray. One give it a thousand of light. Two give it ten thousand. Say that I'm a kasham, that I'm a Hallelujah. Come on, y'all, y'all stand behind him. I don't know what's going to happen. We're not just here to push in the floor. I want you to have an encounter with God. That's the bottom line. See that? I feel the Holy Ghost about to come on you. Sure. 